0: And today we're gonna pray for the faith to shake off every attack of the enemy because the word of God says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. God is looking for a people of unshakable faith. Back in October of 2018, the Lord had given me a word to release prophetically. Within one month in November of that same year, he had introduced us by divine connection, and placed us over intercession with the One Blood Revival Movement. By December, we began the 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign, and much of what was spoken in this word prophetically began to take place throughout that process. And I'm going to release that word to you in just a minute, because what applied to us then And that we are still in is soon going to apply to all of you because God is ready for expansion and at the end of this message by the leading of the Holy Spirit we prayed a prayer of agreement and I want to give you the opportunity to step into it because this is the Holy Spirit's call to enlistment. Danny preached about how the light cannot be hidden. This message is about what comes next. When you let that fire burn and that light shine and it's not hidden, what comes next? Our main text is going to be out of Acts 28. But it is a word. It's, it's a prophetic message in that there is a season that is about to be opened where some of us are going to have to walk through this. This is something that a lot of us has already walked through. I know I've walked through it. Numerous uncountable times. This is something that the Lord will take you through, and it's if you were here during the Sunday school, you already got the message. You got the sermon, but we're going to do it again because everything that was being said, as usually is the case, the Holy Spirit speaks it and confirms it throughout. But there's going to be stuff in here for everybody, there's going to be instruction. Uh, There's going to be some stuff that goes deep that maybe not everybody will catch. But as you continue in your Christian faith, you're going to remember it and be like, oh, that makes sense to me now. But starting in Acts 28, verse one, it says, and when they were escaped. Now, this is talking about Paul and the crew that was with him on the ship. The storm had came and broken up the ship and they were escaped. They were on this island. It says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Malta. And the barbarian people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on the fire. And there came a viper out of the heat, which is a snake, and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on his hand, they said amongst themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, because their ship was wrecked, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. In other words, the wrath of God must be against this man. He just escaped a shipwreck, a storm, and now a snake jumps out of the fire and bites his hand. And he shook it off, Say shake it off. Shake it off. All right. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. How be it when they had looked and he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after a while, they looked for a great time and saw no harm had come to him. And then they changed their minds and said, well, this man must be a God. Which, of course, Paul would have said, no, no but I can tell you who is. Amen. Amen. So I'll tell you, I'm going to talk simsport to y'all. Danny tells me when, when I let my accent show, <laughs> he says, baby, you talking simsport. <laughs> if you ain't stirring up no snakes, it's because there ain't no fire. Come on now. That's, right. that's good. If there's really a fire, if the real thing is there, it's going to stir up some attacks. If your Christian life is very easy and effortless and there's no attack, then I'm sorry it's not a Christian life. Somebody sold you a lie. Because if the fire's there, it's going to stir up some snakes. But what determines whether the attack will turn into retreat or revival is how you react to the attack. Today we're going to turn some venom into victories. Say, shake it off. Shake it off. There we go. All right. The key here is that Paul never took his focus off of the fire. There was a lot going on. There was attack. There was pain. The people were laughing and mocking at him. He didn't look at the storm around him. He kept his focus on the fire. Don't let the attack take your focus off of the fire because the same fire that stirred the enemy up and caused the attack was the same fire that was going to be his source of deliverance from the attack but he had to stay close to the fire. And a lot of times when people start getting closer to God and the fire of God starts burning in their life, it stirs up the enemy and the enemy starts to attack. And the first thing they want to do is retreat and pull away from the fire. They pull away. They're moving away from this very source of the deliverance, the only thing that can save them from the attack. And for those that were here in Sunday school, you remember anytime God allows an attack to come on the life of a true born again saint of God, there's a purpose. There's a reason. Don't run. Don't be in fear. Trust in faith. When the enemy attacks, what are you going to do? Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. You know, we we do our Wednesday nights and God will a lot of times give us these little messages with these little one liners that you can tell the enemy that really just kind of helps you. We had did the devil. I don't agree with you. We have done the this world is not my home. This is when you're gonna wanna remember when those attacks come, when those people are discouraging you, when your own family is working against you, don't take it to heart just take, shake, it shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. In other words, man up. That's good. Yeah. It's a war. Yeah. God wants to give you swords, not pacifiers. Amen. All right. Now the Bible says in Psalms 23:5 that God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. That's always encouraging when you're getting attacked. Well, you know what? God has prepared a table for me, but you'll never make it to the table if you run every time the fire stirs up a little snake. And this is why the fire has to stir up the snake to chase it out of hiding so that God can then cast the snake into the fire because God is doing something. Say he's preparing a table. You need to get excited when the enemy starts attacking. Paul said we count it all joy. He said to, to get excited when the enemy's attacking because God is setting something up. We talked about it in Sunday school. The devil always makes a mistake. God lets him think the attack is his idea, but God is setting something up. You have to have faith. There was a reason that God was building this fire. There was a reason for the attack. There was a reason the snake came out. Do you want to know why God was building this fire? I don't think you get what I'm saying. (laughs) He's preparing a table. Say it. He's preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. All right, let me break this down. There was a fire there. The snake was being chased out into the open. Why? Because God was getting ready to cook his goose. (laughs) Because... He was preparing a table and an audience of unbelievers to see what God was doing. He's preparing a table in the presence of your enemies. Okay, wait, I got to show you something here. In Isaiah 27.1, it says that Leviathan is called the piercing serpent, right? In Psalms 74.14, God says that he will kill Leviathan and give him to be meat for my people. Say he's preparing a table. In the presence of my enemy. The The serpent, the piercing serpent, Leviathan, is literally to be eaten by God's people in the end. So you see what's happening here? A fire. A snake. It attacks. He throws it in the fire. A table is prepared in the presence of your enemy. And the enemy then gets to see his defeat. You'll never have a victory if you don't have a battle. And sometimes God wants the enemy to see the victory, so he puts you in a place where you can be attacked. But there's a purpose in it. There's a purpose in it. What the devil meant to destroy you, God can use to prosper you. What the devil meant to kill you, God will turn into provision and proof of favor that will then prove not only God's glory, but his approval of you there was a positioning taking place. Little side note here, the reason God causes Leviathan to be eaten is the same reason that he caused Jezebel in the Old Testament to be eaten by dogs. It was God's way of saying, Jezebel, Leviathan, you're dung to me. You want to be worshipped? I'm going to turn you into the one thing, the only thing humans will not worship. You are dung to me. And that's why in the end, those things that want to be worshipped Turn to dung. Remember Paul said I counted all as dung to me that I might gain Christ. Anything that wants to be worshipped, that's what God sees it as. So in those moments when you get that little desire for vainglory, remember you just turned yourself into dung in God's eyes. It's truth. We all want breakthrough. We all want revival. We all want power. We all want to see the glory. But let me tell you something. Before you start going from glory to glory, you got to go from gory to glory because it's a war. And here's the kicker. Victories only come to those who have been through battles. Good. I'm sorry, there's no easy impartation. You're going to have to go through stuff and be faithful. People continually run away from the battle every time the snake gets stirred up. You're never going to see the victory on the other side of it. Yes, all his promises are yes and Amen. He promises milk and honey, but guess what? You're going to have to go through bulls and bees to get to the milk and honey. There's something there that's going to block you. There's going to be opposition, but the opposition is really only there to show God's power over it and his glory through it, but you got to stand in faith through the attacks and don't retreat. Believe, believe, believe. So you got attacked. So you got bit. So it's not easy. You ain't dead. Shake it off. He who endures till the end. Say shake it off. Shake it off. All right. We're going to grow up a little bit today. And then when this starts to play out, because God always brings the situation after, you're going to be like, why does she have to teach that message? (laughs) Because now I can't pout. Now i got to shake it off. (laughs) All right. I'm going to teach you something today that's going to help you if you can get this in your spirit. I'm going to teach you a little bit. The attacks that you go through, that attack that you went through that was so personal and so hurtful, it wasn't about you. Mm -hmm. It's about the glory that God is setting the stage to reveal through you, but you keep running off the set. Mm -hmm. Some people, every time the enemy gets stirred up and starts attacking, they run from the battle and wonder why they never see any victory. Mm -hmm. You never told the mountain to move. You let the mountain move you. The problem is that you let the devil get you all in your emotions because you always think it's about you. You'll never see the victory because the battle is much bigger than the personal situation that you're going through. Do you want to know why God can preach a word? Sometimes Danny might get up here and he'll preach a word that's from the Lord and you feel like, man, that was just for me. It pierces your heart and it identifies the situation you're going through so perfectly, but yet it did the same thing for everybody in the room. How can that happen? Because it wasn't really about you. You're just the trickle down effect. I got to explain something to you today so you can learn how to fight. I'm about to take your fight to a whole new level. All right. I used to say that when the Holy Spirit wants to teach us something, we all end up in the same classroom. But I think a more accurate uh, statement would be that when the devil wages war, we all end up on the same battlefield. That's good. Yeah. Because what's really happening here is that what you're experiencing are the effects of personal attacks from little foot soldiers, but the orders are coming from a higher rank. And you'll exhaust yourself continually dealing with the little attacks when you have the authority to deal with the source. We don't fight effectively because we take the attack personal when it's not. And it also, when you take it personal, you let the devil get you your emotions. You get into this, oh, woe is me. Everybody's against me. It never works out. You get into the pity party. You basically lay down and let the devil start kicking you instead of standing up and taking the authority you have to deal with it, not just for you, but for your region. I'm going to take you into some spiritual warfare today that's going to help you if you are willing to withstand the attacks that it's going to stir up in faith, knowing that it's going somewhere. God is going to reveal some glory on the other end of it if you don't run from it. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Carnal means physical, fleshly, of this world. Our weapons are not of this world, but they are mighty. And they will pull down spiritual strongholds. Do you think that when those strongholds are set up and pulled down, that it's really about you? No. When you look at it for what it says, we can see... That it's not. The devil has made us focused in so narrowly that we miss the big picture of what's actually taking place. It's not about you, but it does affect you. And you make it personal because it affects you, which takes away your ability to fight it as effectively as you can. So let me break this down to you. The Bible says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in dark places. That's ranks. At the top, you have principalities. The root word of that is prince. The Bible talks about princes over regions. It's not talking about physical princes. It's talking about principalities. There are demonic stronghold spirits that rule regions according to the scripture. All right, we're in a war. That's what the Bible says. Do you believe that? If you believe the Bible, I'm gonna take you a little deep today because I'm gonna show you what is really going on and how to start changing things so you stop exhausting yourself with no result. At the top, you got principalities. And then they, that's kind of like generals, if you think about it in a military structure. Then they've got some underneath them. That would be like your powers. They're giving mandates. They're putting mandates over regions, and then the powers are going out. And then underneath that, you have rulers in dark places. You have very much different things between talking about demons and fallen angels in these different levels of authority. But it's all trickling down. What we deal with on a personal level, for the most part, is just the trickle down. And we make it personal, and we start praying against that one person that attacked us instead of dealing with what it actually came from. You deal with the spirit. I'll give you a little bit of an example. We have in the Bible is identified as an antichrist spirit. It's a religious spirit. It works against the church, mostly through a church through false churches. But you can exhaust yourself taking punches at false teachers and false preachers when it would be more effective to start warring against the antichrist spirit within your region. Because let me explain something to you. We were created from creation to take dominion, right? God gave us dominion. You want to know, well, why if God is so powerful and omnipotent, why does he need us to pray? Technically, he doesn't need you to, but he created you to Because he's training you for something. He created us to take dominion and you do that through your prayers, through the proclamation of your voice. We lost dominion in the garden through the fall. Jesus came, got it back. He gave us not only the physical dominion which we had, but he gave us spiritual dominion also. The dominion's already been given. It's been taken away from the devil. He's bullying and bluffing you to think he still has it because you're not walking in it. He's walking in the void that we are leaving because people are not taking up their sword. Uh, We prayed a few Saturday nights ago against the power of perversion. So I'll give you a little hint. The personal attacks that you're dealing with in your life are a clue as to what you need to be praying against on a broad scale. So instead of spending all of your time praying for that friend who has a porn addiction or that family member who's in homosexuality, or whatever the perversion is, or a spouse that you're about to lose your marriage, take authority against the spirit of perversion and start fighting. And when you see the breakthrough come in your life, you're going to notice it's happening in your friend's life. It's happening all through the church. It's happening in that church over there. What? Because it was a spiritual fight that wasn't just about you. It was a power over a region. And you have the authority to deal with that. And I can prove it to you in Scripture. We talk about powers and principalities if you remember in the story of Daniel, when Daniel went on the 21-day fast, the angel came to him after 21 days, and he told Daniel that as soon as you asked the question, as soon as you prayed the prayer, God dispatched me to you with the answer. But I was held up by the prince of Persia for 21 days. What human can hold up? An archangel for 21 days, they cannot. He was talking about a principality, the ruler over Persia in the spirit realm. What the people come into agreement with is what rules over their territory. And you will notice that whatever a territory has the predominant sin of that territory is gonna be the principality over that territory. If there's a lot of suicide, a lot of abortion, a lot of depression, you got a spirit of death, and yes, there is a spirit of death. It says so in, in Revelation 6. Yeah. If you have a lot of homosexuality, you have a spirit of perversion. Whatever the predominant sin in an area is, is the principality over because he's giving the orders. And we're allowing it because the church is doing nothing about it. When you have been given the authority and the dominion, you know why? God gave you the authority and dominion to do it, and he's waiting for you to do it. He's waiting for his people to pray. Oh, if God's people would pray. Because it says in the scripture that if you are faithful in the little things, he will make you ruler over much. If you are faithful in the little things, like the earth, which is a little thing in the scope of God's eyes, he will make you ruler over much, like heavenly things. Because it says that only those who overcome will be seated to rule and reign with Christ. He's training his children on a playground, basically, how to do the work of the kingdom in eternity, but only those who are faithful in the little things, if you're willing to face the fight here on earth in these little battles, he will make you a ruler in heavenly realms of major battles, of more serious things. If you're faithful in the little, he'll make you ruler over much. He's given you the dominion, you just gotta walk in it. All right, I'm taking you somewhere with all of this. I know we're a little bit scattered, but we're getting somewhere. In 1 Corinthians 2.8, you don't have to go there. The Bible says that if the princes of this world had known who Jesus was, they would not have crucified the King of Glory or Lord of Glory, all right? The princes, physical human princes of this world did not crucify Jesus. The Romans didn't even do it. In fact, if you remember the Roman leader of the territory, Pontius Pilate, he tried to save Jesus. There was no earthly princes that crucified Christ. He's talking about principalities, the powers of this world. They didn't realize who Jesus was. They didn't know that he was setting them up. There are princes that rule, principalities, over the regions of the world. And I'm just trying to prove these things to you. If you remember, the ones, the physical humans that really brought about the crucifixion of Jesus was the Pharisees. And if you remember when Jesus talked to the Pharisees, what are some of the things that he said? He was not talking to people. He was talking through them to the powers that were using them. He would say things like, you are of your father, the devil. You are from below. I am from above. He called them, oh, you viper, viper. Oh, there we go. We're back to the snake, back to that viper, back to Leviathan. Shake it off. Jesus shook off all the attacks because he knew God had a plan. If you are willing to trust God, there's going to be a tax. But God has a plan. Stick it out. It's time to start fighting a real fight. As long as we are on this earth until Christ returns, you can never get rid of principalities. They are here, and they're not going to be totally dealt with until Christ returns. But... You can dispose them. You can cast them out of your region. And if you read through the story when Jesus crossed over to the land of the Gadarenes and he went and he cast the demons out of the demoniac, what did the demons say to him, the ones that were called legion? They said, cast us out of the man, but please do not take us out of the region. You can cast demons out of a region just as easily, if not easier, than you can out of a person. So instead of constantly fighting the person, Fight the spirit that is ruling and kick him out of your territory. Everybody has a land of their inheritance. There's a land that you have been given authority and dominion over. Start kicking the devil out of your family, out of your house, out of your town, out of your school. Whatever the land of your inheritance is, take dominion over it and kick him out. And yes, he's going to get mad. And yes, he's going to attack. But he has no power to finish it. The devil's bark is worse than his bite. But when he starts barking, people start running. We had did the manna about the devil is like a roaring lion, but he's not a roaring lion. Who is the lion? Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he lives inside of me. And the righteous are bold as lion. The devil's just faking. He's a counterfeit. So when he roars, roar back. God is stronger. He's just a little bit. The devil's an intimidator. And yeah, his attacks hurt. I can't tell you that it didn't hurt when he bit Paul, but it didn't kill him. Shake it off. Shake it off. What you experience in your daily life on a daily basis are just the actions of the little foot soldiers carrying out the orders of the higher-ups. The powers and the principalities are really what you need to be dealing with, the mandates that are going out over regions. We keep wasting our time fighting foot soldiers when we should be targeting the generals. Stop fighting the trickle and start blocking the river. And you'll see things change, not just in that person you're praying for or your own life. You'll see it changed in your area. And a lot of times the things that we go through that attack us is really just to stir us up and get us praying so that we can then actually pray against the things that are happening on the large scale. And Christians are doing it, but they don't realize what they're doing. They think they're praying for their own their own marriage. They think they're praying for their own... And I can give you a quick... We won't go into detail on this, but there was a season when we were dealing with a spirit of Jezebel in this church, and we were warring and fasting and praying against it. And then I start finding out that like every church that I know was having the same issue... Well, not to get political, but to get a little spiritual. At the time, it was when Hillary was running for president. There was a spirit of Jezebel battle going on over the nation, and the attacks that were happening in the church was just God's desperate way of getting the church stirred up to fight against something that was way bigger than their little church. That's how these things work, but he shouldn't have to go to such extreme lengths to get us to pray. When God's people pray, things change. And if we will see the truth of what is really happening in the spirit, what the Bible really says, and war, we won't have to be poked and prodded with the little trials and tribulations of our life to get us to pray. Mm -hmm. Mama mentioned how sometimes God just has to let you get agitated so you'll pray. It would be a lot easier if you just prayed before he made you agitated. (laughs) But we often don't because we don't know what's really going on. I know we're getting a little deep here, and I'm going to bring it back up to the surface in a minute, but this has to be, the foundation has to be laid here. What you are personally going through is always a clue to what you should be warring against in the heavenlies. Stop trying to move people and start moving the mountains that are hindering the people from moving, and you'll actually get somewhere. If God's people would pray. All right, I'm teaching you something today. And in teaching you this, I know I am stoking a fire. (laughs) And I know that it's going to stir up some snakes and there's going to be some backbiting and some attacks. But I'm not scared. I'm not running. Keep building the fire. Keep building the fire. Keep building the fire because I know what God is doing. So when the attacks come, shake it off. When the people talk about you, when the Pharisees try to character kill you, When the envious try to discourage you, remember that that is just the sound of demons in distress. Shake it off. The same fire that stirred it up will burn it up if you don't panic and give it up. Watch this. If Paul would have run from the fire when he got bit, he would have been running from the only source of his deliverance. Sometimes we start to get close to the fire Some snakes get stirred up. We run away, and the devil whips our butt because we ran away from the only thing that actually could have helped us. Some of you never see victory because every time you stir up a snake, you start speaking doubt and freaking out, and you run from the source of victory thinking that you did something wrong to stir up the attack. You were picking up sticks. Oh, I'm just not going to pick up sticks anymore. Mm -mm. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You better build that fire. Bring it to the fire. Bring it to the fire. Sometimes God just had to allow some stuff to happen to show you the power of the fire in a way that you would not have known unless you had went through some stuff. There's a war on. He's got to build your faith for the fight. What did the psalmist say? Oh, teach my feet to dance. Teach my hands to war. He's got to teach you some stuff. It's time for the church to grow up. You know, I heard a minister during the weekend. he was asked to minister in the Ukraine and he went and they had revival and all this and the pastors there said because their, their Russia was marching towards them and they were about to go to war and he said war is the best thing that ever happened to us because it got the church praying again. If you won't recognize the spiritual war and get in the fight, God will bring a real war to get you praying because you're going to get in the fight one way or the other even if you don't realize that the fight is really in the spiritual. Fight it now where it's easy or fight it later where it's hard, but you're going to fight the fight. If you want to be part of some victories, you're going to have to be part of some attacks. All right, let me make this a little more personal. I'm going to bring it back up to the surface. When Paul picked up the snake, he thought he was picking up some sticks, right? You are going to pick up some friends, some relationships, some situations, some church members, some stuff, And you're going to think that you're picking up sticks, all right? Because the sticks were meant to help build and maintain the fire. He was doing a good thing. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But while he was picking up sticks, he picked up a snake. So how do you know what's a stick and what's a snake? Get it around the fire. Bring it back to the fire. The snake didn't get stirred up until it got close to the fire. If you can't bring that friend, that relationship, or that person into the unhindered heat of the fire of the Holy Ghost without them manifesting, running, or backbiting, it's a snake. Shake it off. Shake it off, because there's a lot of snakes pretending to be sticks, a lot of them sitting in a lot of pews, but if you bring them around the fire of the Holy Ghost, and they start gossiping, and backbiting, and talking, and causing all kind of trouble, come on now. If you don't, it's gonna kill you. If every time the fire of God starts to amp up in your church and a particular member starts backbiting and stirring up trouble, come on. Sometimes you gotta shake it off. Now, sometimes it's coming through a, a family member or a spouse. In those situations, you need to shake off that attack. Because sometimes we have an unsaved spouse or children or parents. Yeah. And you can't always avoid being around it. But you know when that attack is coming. Don't let that venom sink in. You better shake that off. You better bring it back to the fire. You better get in your prayer closet. You better pray that thing off. Don't let it root in. Don't let it poison you, because it's going to start to kill the fire within you if you don't shake it off. Now, understand what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about people that have gotten bit and they come to church, and you know they got stuff, they got issues. You know that maybe they got demons. That's what the church is for. Bring them to the fire. Those are the people that are like Paul that got bit. You need to get them to the fire so they can get that thing off of them. That's not what we're talking about. But you can only control you. And if you know you get around the fire of the Holy Ghost and something starts stirring in you, you want to run, there's an issue, you feel that strange, that uncomfortable, you better get to the fire. Get as close as you can so you can get that thing off of you. But if there's somebody in your life that you've yoked up with and they are not determined to get that thing off, if you put yourself within striking range, you can't complain when you get bit. You need to shake some stuff off. The Bible talks about being unequally yoked. So here's what I'm telling you. Anyone that you have to quench the fire to be around is a snake and you need to shake it off. Anything that is said to you that is meant to quench the fire in you is a snake bite. You need to shake that off. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Pull up 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Holy Spirit and despise not prophesying. Prove, which means test, test those spirits. Test all things and hold fast to that which is good. That word quench there, when it says quench, not the Holy Spirit, it literally means to throw water on. John the Baptist likened the Holy Spirit to a fire. And it also says that it's the everyday refilling of the oil that keeps that fire going. Anything that quenches or wants to throw water on that fire Get away from it. Shake it off. You might have to cut some stuff out of your life because sometimes it's the things you're watching or reading or the things you've allowed into your home or the things you're doing that's quenching that. But a lot of times it's people. A lot of times it's church people. Because remember, Jesus didn't have a whole lot of problems with the sinners and the demoniacs. He had problems with the Pharisees. They were the ones being ruled by the principalities because there is an antichrist spirit out there. And it's going to try to quench the fire of the Holy Ghost because it's the fire of the Holy Ghost in your movement, in your life, in your church that proves that it ain't in theirs. It says that because of envy, they wanted to kill Jesus because the fire of God burning in him proved that it was not in them. Quench not the Holy Spirit. It's better to grieve some friends than to grieve the Holy Spirit. Shake it off. If you are a stick... When you get close to the fire, it's going to set you ablaze. If you're a snake, it's going to set you a running, attacking, slandering, gossiping, and backbiting. But here's the kicker. Both the sticks and the snake end up in the fire in the end. The sticks end up in Holy Ghost fire, and the snake ends up in hell fire. You just get to choose your fire. It's going to burn one way or the other. Burn now or burn later. All right, so... Let me encourage you a little bit, because i I'm toes curl in. <laughs> I'm going to let you relax your toes a little bit. We all get bit sometimes, gathering sticks for the fire. Remember, even Paul got bit. Paul got bit. And the scripture doesn't say that it wasn't painful. It just says it didn't kill him. That's right. All right? You got bit, and now you're scared to pick up any more sticks, and your fire's starting to burn low. You started to get close. The devil got stirred up. You retreated. You're scared now to build those sticks. Look, I'm not telling you that what happened didn't hurt. I'm just telling you it didn't kill you. But if you don't get to the fire, it will. The longer you leave that that thing hanging on you, it's pumping that venom. It's pumping more venom. It's pumping more lies. It's pumping more offense. It's pumping more bitterness, doubt, unbelief, fear, confusion. And it's building up until it eventually will kill you spiritually if you don't bring it to the fire and shake it off. It's time to get rid of it today. You need to run to the fire, not from it. You need to shake it off. Don't worry about the snakes, don't worry about the tax, don't even worry about the people that are mocking and laughing and gossiping. You need to keep your focus on the fire like Paul did. Everything you need is in the fire. Don't let the other things cause you to run from it because it's not about those other things. It's all about the fire. Everything in this story happened around the fire, and yet it seems to be almost the most insignificant thing about it. We see the attack, we see the snake, we see the venom, we see the people laughing and mocking, but really, it was all about the fire. It all happened around the fire. Purpose, persecution, protection, power, it was all because of the fire. It always comes back to the Holy Spirit. Stay close to the fire and don't run from it. There is a purpose in the pain, but you'll only see it if you stay close to the fire. The fire is the only thing that can help you. Yes, it will cause persecution, but it will also bring power. It will be your source of provision. You see, Paul just didn't just get bit. He got bit in front of everybody. He got bit in public, and this is the part we really don't like. Because remember, Paul had just, he had heard from the Lord. He had given them all of these prophetic words and told them exactly what they had to do to survive this mighty storm, to steer the ship to safety, to get them on this island. They knew that this was an awesome man of God, and their faith in him was really getting built up. And then all of a sudden, he picks up sticks and a snake bites him. You know, he might be thinking, okay, God, yeah, they're really going to think that I'm an awesome man of God now. Now they're mocking and thinking that the wrath of God is against me. The devil is attacking me. I couldn't even tell the difference between a stick and a snake. I'm so prophetic that I actually knew how to survive this storm, but I didn't know there was a snake in the sticks. Why did this have to happen in front of all these people? Now they're laughing at me. They think that God is against me. But you see, when God puts your pain in public, there's a purpose. Say there's a purpose in the pain. 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 Because the Bible says that only those who are born of the spirit can see the kingdom of God. We think of that as heaven and it does apply. But it also means that even in this realm, this physical world, because he was talking about the people that are in the spirit now on this earth. You cannot see spiritual things. A person that doesn't have the Holy Spirit will not see what you see. You will sound crazy to them. They will not hear what you hear. They will not understand what you understand. These people could not see spiritual things. So God had to show them something physical that would prove that God was different than what they had been serving, that he was stronger and that he was able to deliver. They couldn't see spiritual things. They couldn't understand the moving and the workings of the Holy Spirit. God had to show them something physical and tangible. So let me tell you something today. The people saw you get bit. God allowed them to see you get bit so that they could also see that it didn't kill you. When they saw that it didn't kill Paul and that the fire of God brought victory over it, the same people that mocked and ridiculed him said, surely this man's God is for real. Mm -hmm. Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Shake it off. We have testimony after testimony in this church of people who went through public pain. Uh, We all know Lish's story. When that viper had a hold of her at one point in her life and she was at the lowest point of her life, they filmed her in town Put it on the internet, went viral. Thousands, tens of thousands laughed. They sat and mocked. But there's a purpose in the pain when God puts your pain in public to bring that public victory that will put the enemy to a public shame. Now, now, some of the very same people that laughed at her are coming to her and saying, I need to find that fire. Your God is for real because you're changed. You're saved. You're delivered. She ran to the fire and shook it off. And so now these same people who laughed and mocked her saying something's different about you. Nobody else that I know was able to break free. But something happened. And she can say, sister, brother, I can tell you what to do. Come with me. I'll bring you to the fire. There's power in it. But you got to get through the shame before you see the glory. Everybody wants the glory. Nobody wants the shame. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory shall be revealed in us if you endure, if you don't quit, if you stick it out, if you shake it off. The reason your family saw you have a nervous breakdown, the reason you went through deliverance in front of a crowd, the reason the whole town saw you fall down, was so that they could see God pick you up. Public battles bring public victories. Don't shun them. You need to let that light shine. Give that testimony. And when the enemy comes to attack, shake it off. God has a plan. There's a reason. But it all happens around the fire. If there's no fire, there's no persecution. But if there's no fire, there's no power. There's no protection, there's no provision. It all goes back to Passover before Pentecost. We all want the glory and the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened at Pentecost, but we don't want the shame of the cross that happened at Passover. He's got to bring you through public battles so he can bring the public victories that bring him public glory. Jesus had to suffer public disgrace so that he could become the testimony of public grace. Go to Colossians Two fifteen, 15 and we're coming to a close and Jesus speaking of Jesus here and Jesus having spoiled that word spoil means to disarm Jesus having disarmed principalities and powers oh that brings us back to that warfare at the beginning because if you start warring in this manner you're going to see results but you're going to see some attacks you're going to see some stirring up but I'm here to tell you they're already disarmed the devil's a toothless lion he likes to roar but he's got no bite He'll attack, he'll stir, he'll bully, he'll bluff. And if God will even allow it to seem like he's winning a little bit in the beginning because he's setting him up for a public show. Because God wants the people to see an absolutely impossible situation before he brings you out of it so that he can show his absolutely impossible power. We want to know how powerful our God is. Well, we've got to come to a place where we need that impossible power. And Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. How did he do that? He had to face public attack, public shame, public persecution, public crucifixion, so that when God brought about the victory, he got a public victory, which put the enemy to a public shame. God needs to show people that the enemy has been disarmed. Can he use you to do it? This is a serious altar call this morning. Because God is willing to empower some people today. He's willing to pour out his spirit and his fire. But I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but it'll be worth it. There will be glory, but it's going to come on the other end of shame. It's going to come on the other end of attack. It's going to come on the other end of battle. But if you will by faith stand and just shake off those attacks, he will bring glory on the other end of it and you will prove to a people that your God is real, that he is stronger and that he is powerful. Can you endure? Can you take the attacks and shake them off unharmed to show others that the devil's bark is worse than his bite, that he's been defeated, that God is stronger, that Jesus is higher, that there is hope and a way of escape? Jesus is looking for overcomers to rule and reign with him. But how does the Bible say we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. There is no overcoming without facing an enemy. And there is no testimony without a test. It's a test of faith because the enemy has already been defeated. You just have to prove that you believe it. And when the devil roars, you gotta roar back. And when he bites, you need to learn to shake it off. So we're gonna open up the altars, Jacob, if you'll go and play. And we're going to open up for an altar call today, and we're going to call for the fire. We want the fire of the Holy Ghost. And you know, the Bible says that a lot of people, they ask for gifts, and they ask for these manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says that the gift is the Holy Spirit, and that it's only given to make us a witness. So if you are willing to be a witness, even if that witness is of God's impossible power that brought you through an impossible trial in your darkest hour, Lord, so be it. Your will be done. I want to see your glory manifested in this earth. I want people to know that you are for real and that the enemy is defeated. Even if they have to see him attack me just so they can see you defend me, let it be so, God. Make me a witness because we're going to step into the fire today. I'm going to step in and I know it's going to stir up some attacks, but I know that there is glory on the other side of it because my God is stronger and he will not allow the enemy to overtake me, but he does have a plan that might take me through some battles so that we can have a testimony of victory on the other end because we overcome and become rulers with Christ when we trust in what the blood of Jesus has already done and walk that out in faith that we might have a testimony to share with others to prove to them that it's done and even if that attack stirs up against us to take our very life away it does not matter because to live is Christ and to die is gain so if you are willing to say Lord pour your spirit Spirit on me, Lord. I want to be a witness for you. I need to be empowered. I need the flesh burned away. I need to step into the fire of God and have everything in my life changed. And I am by faith going to know that you are able to get me through. And if you allow something to come against me, it's not always because I did something wrong. It might just be that you are setting me up to show your glory in this land. And if that's you, come up and ask the Lord. He said that if you will Ask, I will give. If you are thirsty, ask of me, and I will give. you got to ask for it. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.